G'day, you party people. This is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma, and we'll be sharing juicy stories. Our biggest secrets. The what not to do. The lessons we've learned. All the mistakes. And too many times we've been baked. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. And welcome back, Sheilas. Ahoy, me hearties. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. I am so excited for our topic today because it's a bit of a, like, blur, but also... It's a bit of a blur, but it's, like, kind of hashtag reality check a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, to do with the times. Good with the times and, like, things that we would have approached differently. We're going to be talking a bit about that. So, the whole topic of today is... The do-over. The do-over. Yeah. And also like stepping into the unknown as well, because obviously we've all had to do that in amongst our time with Corona. So Is that wild? The whole world has had to step into the same sort of situation. Yeah. Like no one got that question right, you know, like five years ago when they asked you, what do you see yourself in five years time? (laughs) (laughs) In lockdown. Not even psychics, eh? Like nobody got that question right. Some people did, I guess, say that though. The guy, um, Fauci. Anthony Fauci. Oh, really? He, was, he predicted it. He, yeah, he predicted it. There's super oh, a lot of conspiracy theories Isn't around that. How much money he would have made if he had a, had a bet toward what Well, he, of... they think he patented the... Um, he started he's it. He's got some <laughs> stuff going on in Wuhan anyway, and they think that he's patented the vaccine for it. So, like, they do think he's making money off this prediction. Oh, wow, anyway, right, this okay. is, like, an alternative narrative, which is super interesting. We're not getting into that yeah, today, guys. Maybe this later. came about because on Saturday in Queensland here, restrictions were lifted and Gabby was going out. And I was like, be aware of what comes up for you, like, how you feel, like, going out for the first time in, abs- like, months. months. And it would have been months, the first time in years since you were back from, yeah, from America. from the US. Yeah, so last time I, like, went out, went out was probably... Oh, I want to say early January this year. And then coming... In New York. In New York, where it's, you know, everything's kind of happening. No one was aware of Corona back then either. Um, so on Saturday, I was at a party and... Yeah, what came up it for was, you? I just, like, I obviously went to this party and I was like kind of... Ex- and I sometimes I do get uncomf- uncomfortable going, stepping into like a large crowd. Yeah. Um, because I'm such an introvert that it overwhelms me a little bit, but... I kind of went in with the expectation of just have fun. And yeah. I think I also had that realization that kicked in probably after the first drink where I was like, you know what? Like we might as well, we might as well just live life while we can and just do it the way that we intend to because you never know when your time's up. You never know when that when you're just going to hit the deathbed. <laughs> Morbid, but true. Very true. No, I mean, they just have saying, to live life to the fullest, you know? Like, yeah. what's, what have you got to lose? You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, and I said to Gabby before she left, I was like, oh, I'm so okay with lockdown. Like, I wouldn't... I guess with our lifestyle here in the Gold Coast, it's a lot easier. Which is so odd to hear, guys, because Emma was such a party girl back in the day. She was I like... was hashtag party girl. White girl wasted 101. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was that person. I was drinking, like, easily two nights a week, having big nights. Easily. Normally yes. about three. I can't um, even do that. And now I'm just like, oh, I'm so up. excited to not go out. I said to Gabby, I was like, I'd be <laughs> fine if we had another lockdown here. Shout out to Melbs. You probably is really struggling. Oh, guys, but, um, I really feel for you, man. But on the Gold Coast, we have such a good lifestyle. So I was like, I'd be fine with it. And then Gabby said, yeah, 
what would you do if you could do it all over again? What would you change about it? So that's what we're going to be talking about right now. And what what would you do? What would you do differently? Yeah. If you have no... You're asking me? Yeah. You see, I feel like... I'd say it's a question since Saturday night that I'd been on my mind. I'm like, what would I have done differently? I think for me, I was just readjusting to like learning again and doing uni again anyway. That like lockdown was kind of a bit of a savior. So you would have like set up probably like an even bigger schedule for yourself to like really nut down. If someone were to tell you, you're going to be sitting at home for like seven weeks. Let's just say they said seven weeks. Because I mean, really, when we were in it, we didn't know how long we were going to be in it for. So we'd have to constantly keep in check every single day with the news. I think that the difference for me was I was just, it was like I was learning to learn again. I was like learning to read again because I was coming out of a stage where this yeah, period right. of my life, I would lock down kind of became a blessing for me because I was like, oh, I need to be locked inside to do this uni work. Otherwise I'll just avoid it because it's going to be really tough for me because yeah. I haven't done it in like over a year. It's easy to get um, stuff done too when yeah. you have nothing but when to they, do they, it. When yeah. you're forced to just do nothing but be inside anyway. So in a way it was a blessing. So I don't really know what I would have done differently because my headspace now compared to four months ago, three months ago when we were told, is so different. Mm. But yeah, so where were, what, what would you do differently? Um, I mean, I... I if someone had told me what I would that I was going to be home for that amount of time, I mean, I ended up getting a lot done. Like, I ended up completing a real estate license, which I never in the world thought I would end up doing. But I think to myself at the time, I was like, I kind of want to do something and get it done within this time frame um, while I have the time to. Because, I mean, you never really have time to think about doing anything different, especially in my field. Like, it's completely closed off right, right now. So... Your field being the performing arts. The performing arts. So that's what I ended up doing. But honestly, if I were to to do it all again, I would just tell myself to chill and that this is going to be a process and it's going to take a while because I'm so used to just being on the hustle in New York, having that go, go, go lifestyle and coming back here where chilling out is mm. somewhat of the norm because this is like funny because remember when you were first back and i was like so stressed just chill you wanted to get a job at like woolworths or coles yeah and I, was like, I was like i'm gonna work here at coles woolworths check out chick come come see me yeah i was like you need to <laughs> chill like, just relax and just like take this moment in because you're never gonna get an opportunity like this probably the rest of your life like yeah, it could be like that. done that you want to yeah. yeah and i was like look at the nutrition course like do this and it's funny now that you're like what i would tell myself is to chill yeah yeah. Honestly, because I mean, I think I was also living in that fear of not of the unknown and not really knowing what was coming and like if I was going to go back to the States because that was my plan. If you had asked me two and a half months ago, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going back to the States whenever I can. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll be here for like the next year, if not forever. Who really knows? Yeah, we don't Still really don't know, know what's going on. I think now I'm just so much more content with being relaxed yeah and being hard being on the gold coast and being back in australia what do you reckon it taught you what do you reckon the time taught you about yourself that that your life can honestly just change in a heartbeat and like you just have to go with the flow and like not fight it not resist it yeah 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 except i suppose we're talking about the last time except not comes back to acceptance (laughs) yeah yeah it comes back to acceptance hey and i think that's uh, really powerful. If you just tell yourself that, you'll just feel so... You, all the stress will just release, you know? Yeah. That's... What did you learn about yourself? During my career? Yeah. BC or after Corona? BC. <laughs> before Corona. Before Corona? No, I'd say AC. During. During. D- DC. During Corona. DC. 
what I learned during yeah. DC. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's a tough one. For me, I think that I learned about myself that, like, right now in my, this time of my life, I need to do what suits me in my time of my life. Like, I've got this big list of things that I want to do in my whole life. And law, for example, might be one of them. But it's not – I need to suit what's necessary for me now. So, like, oh, I yeah, want to go yeah. more into, like, counselling because I still want to do more personal growth okay. and still more learning like that. Yeah, right. I think, yeah. honestly, like – what I learned about myself is that uh, it's okay to now pursue other things that I thought I could have done, but I never thought I'd have time for. Yeah. And um, just learning to adapt to the environment as well, you know, because that's a big thing for me. Like after spending six years in a really busy city, it was hard for me to, like, to unwind and just know that this place is now my home. It's yeah. always been home, but... I'd always kind of be like up on my toes thinking about getting back. And now I'm just like, okay, I have to like actually sink into where I am right now and just let go, do the things that I want to do now instead of thinking too far in the future. Because if you honestly put that mindset to thinking too far in the future and not living in the moment and not living in the now, your mentality changes so much. Like if you really just go with your gut instead of thinking about what you're going to do in the future... It switches things up so much. Yeah. Yeah. You did learn to like listen to your gut yeah. a lot more. I yeah. really, I feel like you did that. Um, what do you reckon saved you? During the pandemic? Yeah. I feel like TikTok saved you. And it's so wild because well, it's are getting, they like, uh, isn't it getting, uh, from what I've heard, that may be canceled. Might be canceled. The Chinese are apparently spying on us guys. So um, I'm really annoyed about that one because TikTok has been there for me during the tough times. I wonder what they're really <laughs> spying on, like, though, in regards to whether it's they're spying on the everything through your phone or just when you're but on the app. I don't know because what are you really doing? Right, that's what I said. Like someone told me that uh, uh, they're spying on you, and I'm like, okay, cool. I've also got nothing to hide. You know, I am who I am, like through social media and and TikTok especially because everyone just obviously takes a piss out of themselves. Yeah, TikTok, which I love. So. The spying on us thing, though, it doesn't come. I don't think from uh, innocent perspective of just the day in the life of Gabby Tuma. It comes from a way the people get stressed out about it, fearful of it, because we... It's interrogating your personal space. Well, and then it, they figure out ways to control humans because they figure out ways to control what you know what you're interested in and what you like. And they're, they're yeah. really, it's next level intelligence. So I think that's where the fear comes from. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Oh pray that your favorite app doesn't go away. I'm praying really Because I, I get entertained by You guys are praying it. for me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really important moment in Gabby's life. So that brings us to our next thing and what I kind of wanted to not focus on, but like what I thought was be an interesting question and about yeah. this sort of do-over period that we're talking about. Like mm-hmm. what would you do over if you had an, a time in your life to do so? So I wanted to ask you, yeah. what would you tell your 13-year-old self? Oh, this is such a big one for me. Um, well, ever since I was eight years old, I've wanted to live in New York and be on Broadway. That was like my dream, my goal. Wow, but you then, made it happen, guys. It happens right here. And it, I did. I got myself to New York. But uh, if I had known all like the little, little loops and holes that I had to jump through and step through in order to try and get on Broadway, I think I would have just said go to London instead because 
there's a lot of there's a big visa process involved with it and like getting a green card which allows you access to work on Broadway. So that's such a crazy thing to tell your 13 year old self. Yeah, like, like listen, you're probably gonna get close, but you won't get it because well, you've you don't got this know that yet. You don't know that yet though. But but it's an interesting thing you would have told your 13 year old self. Yeah, like, it's maybe. easier to get work in. Do you think country. six months ago you would have told your 13 year old self that? <sighs> Pre COVID. Yeah, I think I would have. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Such a funny thing. That's Mine so would be to tell her to put her head down and like, you actually love learning. You love it. You see if I what interests you. Listen in history class, but stop thinking it's cool yeah. to get in trouble. Not that I thought it was like cool, but I think I was just so embedded in me by that time. By the time I was 13, it was like I was just the class clown and the naughty kid. Like, so I find it interesting now because all I want to do is learn. So I would be like, eat, I, uh, I suppose I'd be like, Take advantage of every single day at school. Yeah. Yours is so different to mine. Mine's just <laughs> so, so different. Funny. You knew exactly what you wanted at the age of eight. I was like, I want to water bomb the teacher and just like still not have to go to detention for it. Yeah, but that was I like think, my goal when I was 13. But I think I also got lucky in terms of knowing what I my, my, what my, my true passion was yeah. when I was younger. I just loved it so much that I wanted to pursue it. And then I, I kept thinking about it and then... You know, whereas I feel like, like I'm figuring everything out like each day. But that's how everyone's so different too. Yeah, and you sure. can't you can't relate yourself to being like anyone else because we're all so different and we don't. I, I mean, our goals are constantly changing every day. Yeah, I find it insane though that I don't know many people rare amount of humans I think in the world who knew at eight years old what they wanted to do and then still pursue yeah. it and love it as much at twenty three years old. I mean, I mean, I think I was. I wouldn't say luck fell into my hands because I, I, I worked really, really hard when I was younger to try and um, become the best that I could be in order to get myself there. Like, I wouldn't call that luck, but the situation itself, the fact that I knew that I wanted to do at such a young age, that that part there was, was luck. Yeah, I, I suppose was it was able lucky to find my true passion. In a way that, like, your parents um, put you into... Where would you start? Where did you start ballet? So I started, I started dancing because... My sister pushed, I still claim that she pushed me off the bed when I was three and I broke my leg. So, oh, okay. <laughs> pushed me like into the mirror Typical and I Carla. fell. <laughs> you were t- silly Thanks, guys. Carlos. No, she's like, you, you owe me all this credit. I need like a percentage of whatever you earn for like. <laughs> <laughs> so she pushed you off and then you broke your leg. And how yep. did that make you start and dancing? So mum was like, oh, we need to like build up the strength in your legs. So then I started tap dancing when I was three, like in a nappy, not even kidding. And so then, because <laughs> did Carla dance? She did. So we went to the same studio. But I think, I think I started before. Would you have always danced? Like though, you reckon you would have always? I don't know. Up? See that. I, I. The thing is, I've never really tried any other sports. So I've just always dedicated all my time to dancing. So that's just kind of all I really knew. If you know what I mean. Yeah. For and sure. I never really, especially when I never, you're three years old. And I was. I mean, I didn't really. I had a life. I mean, you socialize at dancing, but. I would always be at dancing, like after school, dancing till like 9pm at night on Saturdays, dancing every single moment of the day. And then yeah. my Sundays were like my only time to chill. But then by that point, I was just so exhausted. So I'd just relax. Yeah. So I didn't really mingle with people outside of my dance group. Okay. But um, yeah. You I did have time. I, think, I do wonder what my life would have been like without dance. But um, I don't know. I Could have been completely different. It's like what so you've dedicated different. your whole life to. Yeah. But I still think um, in amongst everything that had gone on in my life with like family experiences and all that, that I 
still would have fallen in love with nutrition and knowing yeah which is a few thing it yeah. goes to show doesn't it like you've had this goal obviously the one since you were eight years old which is crazy next level and you've been pursuing it making it come through and then there's this new thing that's come along in the past probably three years mm. that has been like i suppose it's in, in interest but also a passion because you retain that information like, like, no like other. there's no tomorrow yeah i yeah. like if, if i get a spare moment in the day i am like listening to podcasts watching youtube videos of people that i look up to as inspiration or people that just give me really really good insightful information and i'm just always on the hunt for facts like mm. i i always tell people to pursue their curiosity yeah. so for me it's about my curiosity but that's what you like happen to find within like the last i want to say like few years yeah, I, I left school, so it's interesting because, like, we talk about, like, this do-over period. Like, I always think about if I could do-over my high school years or school in general and, like, yeah. be as dedicated to, like, wanting to learn as I am now yeah. and not have just been, like, the rebellious write-off of a child. But because it's interesting, recently I've really found this passion for, like, wanting to be a counsellor but I would love to do it in a school environment because it's something I feel like I miss out on. It was like someone just being able to guide me in a way and help me out. We did have one religious counsellor who was amazing and she was only a few years older than her. We totally asked was she, what, we, what kind of religion was she? We, we were Catholic school. Oh, okay, yeah. So she ended up getting fired because she came out and was lesbian. So that's a whole other story. That's so crazy. <laughs> Sorry, next I feel like level. that wouldn't be like allowed right now during this day and age. Oh yeah, you'd hope not. You have to like we have same sex marriage. Yeah. But I suppose it's just dependent on like the Catholic school. So interesting concept. But she Super definitely wild. helped us a lot, and me in my last couple of years. And it's funny how like I feel like as humans what we missed out on for me especially what i missed out on and what i didn't get right or what i wish i had had i want to go back and fix that or be a part of that be a part of the solution okay so yeah yeah, a lot of my i'm like even with law studying law it comes from this like wanting to be able to give people the justice that I didn't get at certain periods of my life. Yeah. So I it's felt like, like interesting I was wrong for you to like to learn about. And uh, yeah, that's crazy. I, I always feel like that too. Like with what I'm passionate about right now, um, it gives me such a good insight into what things could be like if you were to change them or like what you, not even that, but I feel like you and I both now relate our passion to being helping others and helping out, helping out the people that we love. Yeah. So what do you, what's your like would be your goal? Cause I could see you like getting the nutrition and putting it together with your dancing because it was totally something you, I feel like you missed out on a lot of dance teachers. They're very like, people have to be stick thin, like set a stage. That movie really opened my eyes to like what. Oh, it's such a reality check. Honestly, yeah, It's um, so hard on your body. It's true. Like I went mean, when I was 12, my ballet teacher put me on the scales and she was like, you need to lose two kilos and she would say it to me and I would kind of be like yeah whatever and I just like but I would I would rock I was like a stick guys when I was 12 I'd rock up to ballet with like a big apple turnover with like the whipped cream on top just like as like yeah hashtag (laughs) pre-workout yeah (laughs) or what is it hashtag no octothorpe workout (laughs) pre-workout pre-workout so I'd like rock up to ballet or dance class with some crazy meal because I was just young. I didn't really care, but also you shouldn't care when you're that young, nor like you should, you shouldn't be listening to anyone to tell you to lose weight when you're like 
a teenager. I think your body is still in the process of growing. And I mean, your bone structure is your genes, you know, you can't change that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because didn't she tell you not to eat carbs? Yeah. She told me not to eat carbs. She's like, take carbs out of your diet, but like really, which she has really no nutritional education. No, because carbs are in potatoes and everything and and all your vegetables, all your fruit. Or did I make that up? What? A carrot is a carb. Is it? Yes. Okay. All vegetables. I see, I don't know anything about this and I rely on Gabby. I'm like, Gabby, can I eat this? Am I allowed to do this? And I won't even retain that information most likely. Your most important vitamins, like your vitamins and minerals, come from fruits and vegetables and they all contain a high amount of carbohydrates and uh, 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 sugar and fructose. Yeah. Which actually gives you energy. Your, your body works better off uh, carbohydrates. Like that's what your brain functions off. Yeah. So then like when people hit like, you know, how you hear about the ketosis diet. So it's like adapting to mm. your body then. So that's no carbs. Zero carbs. Okay. Well, I mean, you're probably like people try to cut it down to like 20 grams of carbs a day, which is like one banana basically. Okay. But then like the sugar intake is like five. So what happens is your body starts to, the term ketosis refers to your body turning these stores of fats into like glycogen in your bloodstream like basically turns it into carbohydrates but you're only eating fat so your body only burns fats for fuel okay yeah yeah so it's crazy crazy transition that you do recommend that i don't because you're a big like you're you you always tell me how good carbs are for you especially working out i think also because like you and i are very active people and um, that's just what my body likes to rely on as it just, it takes time for you to hit ketosis. Like you, it takes a couple of days for your body to make the transition. And there's a thing called like the keto flu. Like people actually genuinely get a little bit sick before their body makes the transition over. It's so crazy. Keto- so crazy. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, I don't, I mean, I'm very like- much, I was like paleo based. Um, still am. Like I try and eat just my, my rule with myself is try and eat as, as many whole foods as you can just one singular ingredient foods if i can try and nourish my body with things like that then that's good you know yeah that's amazing i feel yeah. like i just go into this like whirlwind when you speak about this and stuff i like try to like keep up but it's also hard. it's so amazing to have somebody in my life to just tell me what i want to hear in those situations like when i ask you the questions it's so much easier so yeah, I try to keep myself really, really in check with that because hashtag health is wealth. Um, I like that. Nourish in order to flourish. Nourish and flourish. Nourish, nourish to flourish? In order to flourish. In order to flourish. I like that one too. Mm. All right. So I've got a few questions I actually really want to ask you. Yes. Um, bring it on. So if you could live anywhere, BC, before Corona, where would you live I wanted to live in New York next. You did? That's my thing, yeah. Wow. Okay. That was like the next on the list. Yeah, or, wow. or it would be LA. But LA? Really? It, Have you been but mainly career-wise. Did you um, like LA? Not so much. I just think there'd be opportunities there. Yeah, a lot of yeah. work and like, Especially I in your field. Prefer, I love San Diego. Love San Diego. So like somewhere in between San Diego and LA would be perfect, I feel. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, but like that would be 
chasing career opportunities wise same with new york i think but yeah. i love the atmosphere of new york it's like yeah. hustle and bustle it's yeah. Cool. yeah yeah good lifestyle so would be i can, my see, next, I can see so living there. my next decision but i've always said that like every every time you'd come visit me i'd always tell you you know i can kind of see you living here yeah we're gonna be roomies then we can just record this on a daily basis <laughs> we'll need our own reality tv show then by then <laughs> there was a time when emma and i were in new york and um this was like over christmas period <laughs> and we would i think we were drinking every single night that's for sure oh for sure it was Christmas. It was Christmas. It was around Christmas, but we were just getting like absolutely hammered up. Like we would start drinking at like two p.m. and Ooh. then still keep going until yeah, like yeah, we'd have a drink wherever we could in the morning. Yeah. What about when um, we went into? I made Gabby take me to a comedy bar, and to a what? To comedy bar. Comedy comedy. Bar? Oh, comedy club bar. Yeah. Comedy okay. club. Yeah. Bar. Comedy club. Comedy club. Comedy club. <laughs> well, that was funny. We went and saw Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Her auntie. Auntie. Yeah. She came on. So she was like a guest <laughs> a surprise performance or something. And it says everywhere. It's like, do not take your phones out. But they, but they also rip you off too. You get in, you pay for the tickets. And then there's like a three drink minimum that you have to purchase as going in to the like, with your ticket. And these drinks cost like $20 each. So you're actually spending like at least $100 for the night. Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. quite crazy. But anyway, so Emma and I were having a good time. We were drinking. The lady <laughs> comes up to her. She's literally recording this girl. And sorry, this woman. And the lady's like, oh, can you please put your phone away? And then I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's no worries. She literally <laughs> takes it down for like 10 seconds and then slowly brings her phone up. And I'm like, Emma, you idiot. We're going to get kicked out. She's like, nah, we're good. We're good. Next minute. Like, could you please leave? Yeah. <laughs> who's your, who's the $200 bill? Out, you two. Get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, the, two, the do not press button is exactly what I press. It's so like, hard. Like, someone I'm, tells you not to do something, you're just like, I'm yeah. so inclined I, to. I feel like I hopefully I'm more mature now after like the last year of my life. I don't but know about at that. The time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just still don't know about that. But at the time, definitely not. Like I was pushing all the limits. If anyone who I encountered three years ago, I am so sorry for my behavior. <laughs> Hashtag I'm, advanced apologies. Yeah, it's literally my it Instagram handle. Yeah. At advanced apologies, I am really sorry about that. <laughs> but it's like, I guess, and that's the interesting thing, like the do-over, what we talk about there. And like, you can kind of, I don't have any regrets. So we talk about no, this because... do-over. And the one thing I say is I have no regrets. I've made a lot of stupid decisions in my life, mm-hmm. but all of them have ended up helping me get to that rock bottom, yeah. which I'm happy about that it was sooner rather than later because it was only bound to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I can go back from there and learn from those mistakes like I've always learned from my mistakes but the thing is that we talk about this duo and we're like oh what if the what ifs I suppose but there's no real regret there's no real regret because you learn from your mistakes and I think that's what shapes that's what shapes you into the person you are today yeah my lessons are my blessings 100% yeah yeah and I wouldn't know like I wouldn't really know where I was without them. If I made, didn't make all those mistakes, like I wouldn't be in the position where I am now where I'm like, oh, I would tell my 13-year-old self to be to learn more. Like I wouldn't even reach that spot yet. No. I'd be, be like telling her to get more lit, <laughs> right. which is not a good idea. No, yeah. If anything, it's, it's, it's pushed me to learn more. Making mistakes actually pushes you to learn more. And I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. Next question. So if you could have grown up in another place slash city in australia where would it be growing up yeah. why um i lived in perth and i loved perth so i would go perth really yeah oh wow because oh, w- you were there for a little while hey yeah i was there when what i was you, 20 what were you doing there 
I worked in flight center when I was there, but mainly just getting lit. It was like part-time flight center, full-time lit. insane. That's yeah, so they're, cool. they're wild. I loved Perth. Like, I felt like I really found my people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, I would go, I would do that. I'm, I remember you telling me that the people there are really, really like, um, open and just, uh, beautiful, like souls to chat to and all that. So. Friendly, not so clicky. Yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah. Love getting wild. They get very wild all every weekend. There's no like weekend off. So that was cool for me when I was 20 because everyone here, everyone's turning 21. That was my age. And they'd also like had their relationships. They're getting pretty serious. I was running away from mine when I went over there, <laughs> but I was just not ready to settle down. Well, you're anyway. running away from your relate. Oh, so he was on the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My boyfriend right. had moved to the Gold Coast for me, and, and they're like, bailed. "See, I'm just, <laughs> just gonna like go cool. go explore on my the own side of Australia." <laughs> so peace. I just wasn't ready for that. I was that the guy you were gonna life. move in with? I was living with him when I left. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, okay. Damn. Wow. Yeah, I just wasn't ready for that. Did 20 he, years old, I was ready to get lit. Did he and ever? did I ever. Did he ever want to come visit you in Perth? No, I, he moved away after that. <laughs> you got the clear no, indication I, of you moving. I think he hated me. <laughs> <laughs> Bless, I'm still sorry. I'm still so sorry. <laughs> Next question, please. All right. I mean, I was going to ask you what you prefer, sweet or salty, but I guess you like salty, right? Um. No, I actually have a sweet tooth. I have a you sweet tooth. You do. If you I guys love so, my sweet So stuff. Emma, like, loves honey. When I say she loves honey, mm. she'll just grab, like, three spoonfuls at a time and just throw them in her tea. Mm. She's literally sipping on tea as we speak. Love it. <laughs> but it's because I'm trying not to drink it, have it, sugar. But you don't have like, sugar, but you just have natural sugar. Sugar that's not So I just processed. go wild on the one natural sugar that I get. Yeah. I'm like, I really make up for it in excess. <laughs> I'm like I'll just have this in excess and no. then and that will be okay. Yeah, it's, I really need to learn to cut that down. I've been going through a few tubs lately. Next level. No, I think it's so much better for you though. Like having the natural sugars, um, it doesn't impact. Oh god, your... you're gonna get started on the nutrition I again. Do. Well, it doesn't have the same. <laughs> Bring it back. Rain it, it in. Rain it in. Well, it doesn't have the same impact on your body. Like it's a lot more alkaline. Yeah, and acidic. you did tell me that it was okay. So that I've gone from being like okay to having it in excess. Yeah, I mean, if you have any kind of natural food, it's just always so much better for you. Yeah. If you're not having, if, if 70, 80% of your diet doesn't consist of natural whole foods, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the biggest things I've learned to appreciate a lot over the course of Rona. Um, spending time in the kitchen, cooking my own home meals, and especially spending time with family because that's something I never do being overseas. Like, rarely ever am I cooking in a household filled with people so I've just really, really been loving family time and spending time at the dinner table with them because that's something I rarely ever do. But I know especially Corona has been a really eye-opener for you as well in terms of spending time with family as well because, I mean, you never really did a lot of that either, living overseas and in other cities as well, um, actually. When did you first find out about the coronavirus? I was – I remember I was in – oh, it's funny because I got sick, like, for a couple of days, but it was after – I'd done like a four day course. Did you, did you think it was coronavirus? No, I knew immediately. I was like, I've been, I've got hay fever. I've just run down. I'd driven down to Sydney. So I was like in the car for 10 hours. I'd done a course, which was really quite like debilitating on your body. It was psychological, but like it's 
because mentally and emotionally I was just drained. So I knew right. that it was just a whole bunch of release. But my mom was like, do you know what coronavirus do you? She jumps from like oh, to the worst possible solution. Yeah. I was like, Scenario. oh my God, no, I don't have coronavirus. And then, um, so I came back to the Gold Coast. Like I drove back and then I, I remember it would have been, it was the 13th day, so maybe what is it, four months ago? When was March. That was like four months ago. Yeah, four months ago. So I remember that was the Friday the 13th was like coming up. And I had been asked to do an ayahuasca ceremony. Okay, what's ayahuasca? Ayahuasca is like a natural medicine that's made in Peru. Okay. Um, And you sort of go... Ayahuasca is like the name of the lady. I'm not explaining it right down. I'm explaining it to the T. So I'd look it up. And (laughs) it's... Basically, like you go into a bit of like a trip, kind of okay, thing. Okay, all right. So, but but it's you're it's sort of like you're in a ceremony with like shamans and that. So they're holding it. So you're in like a big TP tent. Jeez, wow. Yeah, and then they give it to you. Like they gave it to us three times in that one. Um, and yeah. So basically, I hadn't done it before, but I've been called to do it. Like, which a lot of people who maybe had done it would understand that. Okay. So right. I was like this is what I want to do next in my healing process. This is on the cards. And my friend messaged me and she's like, hey, we're actually having one this Friday. This lady contacted me. I'm going to go. Would you like to come? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm keen. I want to do it. And over the days, it just started getting worse and worse and worse. This coronavirus was leading up to it. And normally, like she said, if you back out, it's perfectly fine. People could get really worried and scared about it. How many people were there at the event? Maybe like 30. Okay. including like and the teachers and shamans and people oh, wow. looking after fire it was really like well done That's really cool. um yeah and then so we did that but prior that morning when i woke up i was like a little, a little bit nervous but walked outside saw the tv and it was just going like i just felt powerless and i was like the only thing i could do with my life right now is empower myself and heal myself that's all i have yeah. control over right so i like was like happy to do it. I was completely just surrendering. I was like, I'm so keen to do this. This is awesome. And it was so powerful because I got to be around like all women, probably like 30 different women. And they were all working on themselves, all doing their healing. It was the most powerful and most amazing 12 hours of my life. So the coronavirus brought on this fear. Like, so I want to so talk about much fear. fear. Oh my God. And what like, you see, for me, I was really like, I think I'd gone through so much fear the year prior and I kind of has gone into this acceptance about what I'm powerless over. I feel like coronavirus at, at, at the time it came was, it fit into your bracket of your life so perfectly because you needed to be studying anyways. Yeah, right? I was fine. I've got to and, say I loved And it. you're also at the time where you're in the process of doing the self-healing thing. And I think it, I really like when I came to see you, I was so impressed because Emma was like just at the state where she was just so content and she was so calm and she just accepted the fact that she was in amongst this pandemic that we're all going through, but she was like totally calm about it. And I was just like, wow. Like, yeah, I had zero was, fucks to give. To me, it was so impressive. <laughs> zero fucks. But in a good sense though, because yeah. it was something that I needed to see to be like, okay, wow. Like, 
Mm. I suppose your world got turned upside down. Mine was going to stay the same. So it's so interesting because, again, no, we come from both levels, uh, different levels of the scale. Gabby literally had to remove her life back from New York. Her whole industry is shut down. When people complain about their jobs and that they have to go on, like, JobKeeper or something, like, her whole, your whole industry is shut down. Yeah. Like, your career-wise, visa-wise in America, it may never go, you may never go back. It's a possibility. Back. So, yeah. like, and for me, it was, like, genuinely, I would have been in the same position where the pandemic was going around around me or not because i needed to just sit in and get this work done so it was like that yeah. was interesting where were you when you first heard that it was like ah. going intense and- so i actually was listening to a meme of someone on i think it was instagram and they were basically like yeah could you imagine if justin bieber was the first person to get lime corona or corona lime and then i was like what and then it clicked and then i like seen on the news about some guy in china eating a bat oh yeah yeah and um well i mean that's what they say that hey people might conspire otherwise i i think i do as well but um so it was already in new york at this stage or not no it wasn't in new york at this stage and then like i think two weeks later we heard that some guy had had coronavirus in new york and was like walking around the city streets and like probably spreading it to everyone and then i was kind of like all right yeah whatever i won't get it because i'd already i've already had pneumonia before so yeah. it, to me i was like oh, i've already had pneumonia surely i won't get this and i was my i got three jobs turned down as well um just through the pandemic because i said you know we unfortunately we're not going to go through with this we're going to be postponing the show judging is going to be cancelled so i was like i've really got no work i might as well just go home and be with my family while i can and then come back when it's all in the clear yeah okay three See, and a half months later i'm still in australia i'm gonna be here so yeah okay you just never i just kind of went for it i was like this is getting so bad the numbers were just going out of control like everyone was pretty much ca- ca- catching this disease so that was when I kind of first told myself I need to get out while I can because in a day or two, I might not be able to and I just needed to do it. it was well, already... who would have thought the whole world would shut down? Jeez, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, so like, what did, numbers... when was it when you realized, what was when, when you made the decision to come to home? Come home where was that? When just the numbers were just, when I saw people out in public wearing gloves, wearing them facial masks, for ages like oh, it would have so been like a super week. Your face. that was just oh, my anxiety levels were so high you get on the subway and usually people are all like sitting close to each other because it's very cramped oh yeah and everyone was New really keeping their distance and that really oh, so shocked their me it was kind of uh, i guess it, it was, was like the contagious fear- their fear is contagious. That is so interesting that you talk about the New York City subway and that was the one place where you really notice people not acting in their norm because it's already such a hypervigilant mm. place. Yeah, like it is. Everyone's hypervigilant. They're trying to get to the next state. They probably have their earphones in, but also they're really able to be next to each other and like congested because that's just how it is naturally. Yeah. What's funny is that would that fear would have been contagious. And so I guess what people have done now is they've chosen if they're fearful, you choose not to go on that subway because what you're going to encounter is other humans who may or may not have this invisible disease. What's funny is last yesterday I was talk, saw this thing on my Instagram and a friend had actually gone on the tram, the Gold Coast tram, which is nothing compared no, to... No, there's like probably five people per cart. Yeah. Maybe less. Yeah. That looked like it. And she's taking a video of this person who's sitting across from her who's 
got a runny nose and just maybe having a couple of coughs. It's videoing him and being like, stay inside, go home. But she's the one catching the tram and we have literally maybe two active cases in the whole of Queensland Yeah, a, right the now. Queensland is like a sixth of the size of the United States. So we basically, we're fine. Like, as, as a state, we're fine. But if you're fearful, you have the choice to not catch a public transport. That's yep. your choice. Yes, not to choice. video random people on there. At the moment, I sound really nasally. I feel Guys, this is not how I sound at the moment. But in the middle of winter, and it's a natural thing that comes about every year as everyone gets this. So to go on public transport and be like, doing that... Your just your fear is just contagious, and then you're chucking a tantrum about other people who you can't control. I think that there's a healthy level of fear that we always speak about, yeah, and it which protects us. Like we're animals, it kicks in our survival mechanisms. It's always great to have a healthy level of fear because it tells you not to go back to that horrible boyfriend, or for me, not to pick up that joint or have a drink because it may take you down the rabbit hole. That's a healthy level of fear, yep. but, but I'm consciously aware. That's keeping me conscious aware when so what's an uh, an unhealthy level of fear like what do you classify as unhealthy i would to summarize it because i reckon we could go into this for a whole podcast itself i would say a healthy level of fear is something that you're empowered by an Mm. unhealthy level of fear is something that you're powerless over and i feel like being completely fearful of the coronavirus it's um, you're powerless over it. It way. just adds extra stress on your life, and that's like the one thing you don't need in mm. your life. Like that's the one thing that will give you all those withdrawals, like health wise. And it's not funny that fear can just make you feel all these other things on top of the fear itself. Yeah. Well, like, the, what's interesting is like so fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. So if you're going on the tram and then you're reacting to people out of fear. Just have the, like, so what people may defend that person and say is like, no, they should be able to go, like, that's a healthy level of fear that they're fearing someone coughing around them. That's fine, but they should take the courage, courage is a decision, to not go on there. And, to do and a different don't route. have the courage to go up to the person and be like, get off this tram. <laughs> yeah. That's not courage. Yeah, or, yeah, it's not courage videoing them behind their back. <laughs> like, yeah, I totally, it just that was a mind-blowing experience. It's funny that you bring it up today with um, the New York subway. So mm-hmm. I was just really intrigued by that. But for me, I suppose I had to, I was able to realize the fear in me, which was a powerlessness about the coronavirus when it first started, choose to just go into acceptance but also it was super easy for me because I study online my life stayed relatively the same I was really sort of analyzing people around that time and wondering whether it was like a fear of failure they had like whether they had a business or they were scared of losing their jobs like these normal like fears that you would have as a human but it's funny like how much we do in the name of fear of failure right yeah so there's a museum dedicated to failure a psychologist samuel west established a museum in his home in sweden to house the collection of like flops and failed products um so it was initially run there but then it drew worldwide attention and now it travels the globe as a pop-up museum it's got like displays such as bad ideas, including a Harley Davidson perfume, Colgate beef lasagna. I'm sorry, what? And Google the toothpaste? Glass. Yeah, Colgate beef lasagna. That's gross. Maybe it makes your teeth white. You wouldn't, use, you wouldn't use a Harley Davidson perfume. Imagine my dad driving around on a Harley Davidson with a Harley Davidson But I can definitely perfume. picture them selling that in the store. 
Oh, Harley, Harley Davidson perfume. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it was a failure. Was it the museum a failure? Damn. I like that. I feel like that brings, like... Because what we are talking about last week was, like, so many people, you know, they you have to try and fail. Like, everyone who's successful has failed a hundred times A thousand times. And people yeah. only really see you for your success. Yeah, a hundred percent. So they're yeah. just like, oh, this happened overnight. Awesome. But no, this is like a museum of failures. We've got all brands that That's are amazing. Massive, I know? would actually be so interested in that because, like, could you imagine where those people are now? Like, if they've actually created other stuff that have... <laughs> well, Harley Davidson, Colgate, and Google. I may have been in the failure museum, but I have made it officially. Like, yeah, I feel like the, the guy was only using... Because only was in 2017 when he started it. But I feel like he would only have been using using failures from big brands now right yeah like i don't know if he's calling up emma henrihan who hasn't done anything what are you doing yeah. here? and asking for all my failed ideas because i've got a few if he gives me a buzz i've got a few more okay. i wonder how many opportunities are missed because of fear of failure isn't it funny when you put yourself in a situation where you're like not entirely comfortable but like you just do it and you tell yourself just go for it and then well, you this is our biggest thing that we need to be result. doing, right? Getting out of our comfort zone, I think. Anyway, what were you telling me the other day about... Oh, this, oh, this episode I was watching on YouTube. Yeah, so they were like, uh, basically this guy, he was kind of explaining about, you know, things that you can do to get out of your comfort zone. Um, and one of the things that he explained was that a, he, a lady walked up to a guy and asked him for a hundred dollars just for the pure sake of being uncomfortable going out of the comfort zone and just doing it and she did that and the guy i mean he said no but like that was like the worst result <laughs> yeah. that could happen and then he um uh was catching a flight somewhere and then he asked uh the flight attendant if he could read out the safety instructions and she said, yeah, go, go for it. And he like was shitting himself because like had to read out safety instructions to like a whole crew of people like on the Didn't plane. Didn't expect her to say yes. Did not expect it at all. And like, I just think he just did it just for the sake of, of putting himself under like the stress of feeling uncomfortable. And yeah. And, and having just, the worst possibility being no rejection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. If that's your worst rejection, then just like... Unless someone That's punches it. you in the face, that could be the worst. Like, it's the most, it's the worst under normal circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're asking, though, you know. Like, <laughs> do it something completely stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would, we're not recommending that people go so far out of their comfort zone that they make other people feel or uncomfortable. No, just yeah. go out of your comfort zone. Yeah, okay, so we need to be doing this. So what yeah. I did this last... Um, okay, Mike, our comfort zone, I've been yeah. very, like, this past year, I made, like, a vow to myself, was like, okay, sweet, so you are not dating anyone. Like that's it because I just is wanted that, to think myself out for not to not do or like oh uh, no I'm totally no you walk into the comfort zone of being like I don't want to date anyone ever again like that's the easiest right so it makes so talking easy. To, so is it talk it, it does it make talking to men a lot easier for you without being like all hesitant I get really like flustered and nervous when I know I'm talking to an attractive man oh okay I've got a crush <laughs> I've got like an automatic crush on somebody no like, I freak out talk. I can't even speak yeah. well this is stuff I want to tap up we're going to do a dating episode next yeah, week so for we'll, sure we'll, because we'll, Gabby's been wanting this episode for so long because she's got some just funny ass okay, stories let's, let's, let's not tell them that I'm, I'm trying to keep it keen hey um. <laughs> <laughs> this is her forte dating well maybe it's because it's more your forte than mine at the moment but I had yesterday downloaded Tinder 
couldn't get onto Bumble. Yeah, and then what's going on with that? Made hey. a hinge account. I think that's so. She's, she's been like, um, should I should I try and go on a date beforehand she's... before this next episode? Yeah. So we're get gonna, out of my comfort zone. We're gonna have Emma go on a date this week <laughs> with a random guy from Bumble. I good luck to no, whoever you are, mate. Sorry, Tinder. I can't download Hinge. Bumble. Which one are we going with? Hinge I've got Tinder. both Tinder and Hinge at the moment. Okay, so it'll be one guy from either of those apps. Um, good luck, mate, whoever you are. Oh, can, <laughs> we, can we go on a double date? Can we go on a double yeah, date? Yeah, let's go on a double date. Sure. Okay. All right. Sweet. Um, Look at me. I'm like, I get my nervous voice on. So I'm she, like, this is her pressuring me. Can't I just stay home just to do, and do, do nothing and hang out by myself and <laughs> stay in my comfort zone? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I feel like this whole. Like, it, what interested me about this topic was the fact that... It's like effort now getting out there in the public. Sorry, well, sorry. it's the unknown about everything. And I feel like COVID gave us the unknown. We kind of... Everyone had a plan for their life. And then yeah, that just got, like, put up in the air. It's like it a bit hesitant, hey? Everyone's a little yeah. bit hesitant with what's happening next. And not only that, but just very aware that something could always go wrong. I'm getting back. I'm having a date before our next one. Our Can't one. wait to hear about it. You're <laughs> taking me on a double date. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, oh, ooh, shade. Shade, shade, shade. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you listening, if you are. And I want to know what have special skills have you guys done during this DC, during coronavirus? During coronavirus. Or what do you want to learn? And yep. if you have any further questions about what we've been talking today. Um, also, guys, don't forget to comment, subscribe, like our posts, um, follow us on Instagram, Sheilas and Shenanigans. And come back next week for more because we're constantly going to be posting new episodes every week. So, yeah, give us another listen. Thank you, party people. Ciao.